And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Welcome to Lupus Bits, number nine. I'm hanging out, tin can, kicking around paradise. <sighs> it's a beautiful day today. It's hot and sunny. Humidity's not too bad. I mean, it was 90% last night. It's only 52 right now. And the heat bugs are singing, and the squirrels are sweating. It's great. I love it. I love summer. I can't. Don't complain about summer, um, because summer is over way too quickly. Like I said, I keep saying we get July, so getting really good summer days in August is a bonus. And today is one of those days. Today would be a perfect day to be um, beachside. Unfortunately, um, I may live in paradise, but uh, the beaches are closed due to COVID, so there will be no beaching for me. I may beach about it, but there will be no beaching. Um, yeah. So, I've got, I don't know. I don't know what I've got. I've got dead brain today, apparently. Um, I'm podcasting out of my normal, uh, podcasting routine because I may not be available on the regular day that I squirrel that I podcast um, and I definitely won't have uh, internet so I don't want to use my data to um, upload the podcast to Dave so that he can do work his wonderful magic and put that absolutely amazing intro song. I love that song. I really do. I love my intro music. It's so me. Um, okay. So I was going to squirrel. I was going to (laughs) explain squirrel last week and, um, I squirreled and it didn't happen. So what that means generally, if you've ever seen the movie up, there's a talking dog in that movie. And he will be talking away to you and talking away to you and talking away to you. And then all of a sudden he goes, squirrel. And he gets distracted. And that's what squirrel means. You're distracted. Something shiny or interesting or, you know, it moved within your peripheral vision. Distracted you. So you looked. And if you're having an overly abundant day of squirrel where you can't seem to focus, we call that squirreling. See, it actually has developed into a verb now. And I was actually just doing it. Um, a beautiful blue jay landed in my crabapple tree right outside of my trailer. And was looking at me. So I was looking back and we were making eye contact. And we were having a moment. And I got distracted from podcasting. Which is why I yelled out, squirrel! 
So you'll know. You'll know. Um, again, squirrel. Because <laughs> uh, I just got a, a Facebook, a, a messenger um, message. Well, it wasn't really a message. The message hasn't come yet. I'm sure it is forthcoming because I have left a ton of messages. So they have to scroll through all of the messages that I've left before they can respond. Anyway, so yeah, squirrel. Um, I've been kind of busy lately, which is great. Past couple of days, past week, I was asked, I was hired on Wednesday to do an editing job. And uh, I was excited about that because that is the first uh, paid editing job that I've done. So now I can add that to my dossier. And uh, I was very excited about it because um, this is a story that I have been dying to read. But being a ghostwriter myself, you're always a little hesitant to let somebody else read what you've been told to write because it's not your work. It's not your original idea. It's somebody else's original idea and character makeup and plot lines and all of that. And you're just fluffing it. Um, yes, I did use the term fluffing it and I'm can guarantee you there are at least two of my listeners that snorked or are giggling at that. So, um, I've been, I've been dying to read this particular book. So when I was asked to edit it, I jumped at the chance on ya, huh? Come on, hand it over, send it over. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, you can't help but put your own, um, personal stamp on whatever you're writing because, it's, it's who you are. It's what you do. It's how you write. And their personal stamp was all over this in dialogue, in scene setting, in um, character arcing, in building the plot to the climax at the end of the book. Um... I knew it was written by this particular person because they have a particular style, which I absolutely adore. So I was very excited to read it. I was very excited to do it. And I hope that what I've done, the editing that I've done to it has helped him in some way. I don't know. So that was exciting for me. Um, And then on Saturday, <laughs> I had to think, what day is it today? Um, on Saturday, I went to my sister's and it was my niece's first birthday. So that was very cool. And I mean, I remember the day she was born. I remember the day all of my nephews and my niece were born. Um, but it was kind of cool that her first birthday party actually fell on her birthday, which actually fell on a Saturday. So 
if she's a year old, wait a minute, I need to talk to my sister. See, we played this game, and it was how well do you know my niece? So we had to answer questions. And if her birthday fell on a Saturday this year, technically that means it would have fallen on a... Oh, no, never mind. Okay, never mind. Right, leap year, forgot. So, yeah, and it was a lot of fun, and we did um, pin the banana on the monkey. I'll let you get the giggle out of your system. I'll wait. Are you good now? Um, there was no uh, obscene... An, uh, much to my sister's chagrin, there was no obscene monkey banana placement. Um, everybody was, was going for the win, not the um, entertainment value of placing the banana in, as she put it, that special spot. So, <laughs> um, we kept it clean. There were children there. So we had to kind of keep it as PG as my family can keep it. I've realized, and it was most evidently apparent on Saturday at the birthday party that I come from a long line of distinguished yet twisted women. We are warped in the very best sense of the word warped, but we are warped. If you want to giggle, if you want to be inappropriate, if you want to say those inappropriate things when people are hanging bananas on a monkey, come sit by me and my aunt. Because we will keep you entertained. We really will. Um, my aunt is in her 70s. And she, oh my gosh, she is my favorite aunt. She has always been the favorite aunt. She's my mom's sister, older sister. And she was great to hang out with as a kid. We all loved hanging out with her. She always did the fun stuff and had the cool foods, and she lived right by the marina. Um, her cottage was right by the marina when we were kids, so, you know, she always gave us money and sent us over to get his, you know, big bag of penny candy, um, and then sent us home. But Heather and I both would say when we were, my sister, we would say when we were kids, you know, I want to be just like Auntie Kathy when we grow up. We want to be that crazy aunt. And I'm pretty sure, actually, I know for sure I have succeeded so far in being that aunt. I got 12 years in now with my oldest nephew. And, um, yeah, I am that crazy aunt that will, you know, do the volcano experiment, science experiment, just because it's fun. We'll line up all the Coke bottles in the backyard full of Coke and drop like a ton of Mentos in them just to see how many will go off and how high they will shoot and, you know, um, frog races and all that good stuff. I am that crazy aunt. And I like being that crazy aunt. I'm good with being that crazy aunt. And the neat thing about being an aunt is you have none of the responsibility of the parent. You don't have to raise the child. You don't have to teach the child right from wrong. Um, but you choose to. You don't have to care for the child. Feed, clothe, make sure they're, you know, breathing and alive and all that good stuff. 
but you choose to. You have the choice. I mean, yeah, okay, I guess technically you have the choice as a parent. Um, if you're a good parent, you don't have the choice. You have to do it, and you do it. But as an aunt, you have the choice to be responsible or to be fun. And you can bounce between the two. And I do. You know, like, I will let my nephews have fun and do stuff and get away with stuff to a point. And I always, always, always respect the wishes of my brother and my sister-in-law and my sister and my brother-in-law. I would never go against anything that they are um, allowing or not allowing. But, yeah, I love being an aunt. I really do. It's uh, one of my favorite things. So, yay me. Um, there's something I was going to, but I squirreled. I squirreled. So, yeah, there was something that I was going to... Oh, yeah, right, the birthday party. So, it was a good time. Um, for the most part... Uh, my aunt is amazing. The man she is married to, not so much. He can be very judgmental. He can be, um, very dismissive, very disdainful, um, and when he's around, we kind of, our family kind of, um, assumes roles that he has assigned to us, which is bizarre because he married into the family. And as a friend pointed out last night, he has no, really no stake in saying what we are and who we are and, and where we rank within the family. Um, now keeping in mind his ranking system, I do not hold against my siblings at all in any way, shape or form, because it is not their ranking system. It is his. I always rank at the bottom. I am the black sheep. I am the shining example of what not to do. And in his eyes, I am a loser. Because I don't have $100,000 in the bank account. I don't have a big fancy house. I don't have, you know, this fantastic, expensive car. I don't have all the toys. I don't have a cottage. I don't have a home in Florida. I don't have, um, I was looking for something and I can't remember what the words I was looking for. They're, they've escaped me, but, and, and even more so now because I don't even have a great marriage. I don't have that to fall back on. So, and I don't have this, this stellar career. I don't have this university education. Now, 
in a minute I'm going to explain to you guys the difference between university and college here in Canada because um, apparently it's different in the States. But anyway, so I rank at the bottom of the totem pole. Always have. Even though I'm the oldest, always have ranked at the bottom. Um, then there's my brother, who's above me, because he's the boy. And he was the athletic boy, and he did go to college. And he was the athletic boy, and he played hockey, and he excelled at all that stuff. And he fished, which I fish, but apparently, you know, that's not good enough. But he and my uncle could discuss things and bond over stuff, and he was the boy. He was the water skier, so was I. Um, and then there's my sister. My sister is the golden child. My sister has multiple degrees from multiple universities. She has bachelors. She has masters. Um, he does kind of look at her with a little bit of disdain because she's not a doctor. In his eyes, she is just a nurse practitioner, but he's willing to overlook that because, you know, it's her golden child. And like I said, I don't hold any of this against my brother and my sister because I absolutely adore my brother and my sister. And I know how hard my sister had to work to get where she is in her career. I know the amount of years of schooling that she did and the stress and the anxiety because my sister is a bit of a perfectionist. She can't help it. Um, it is a bit of a hindrance to her at times. We were raised to if that if you do a job, you do a job, you give it 110%. Whether you enjoy doing that job or not, if you are asked to do a job and you do the job, you don't half-ass the job. You do the job. And you finish what you start. So we used to tease my sister and call her the perpetual student because she always seemed like she was always in school and she was always taking another course and another course and another course. The thing with that, though, is um, not only does she take the courses, she finishes the courses and she finishes them at the top of her class. Oh, her first year of university, um, I honestly thought was going to break my sister. My sister is extremely intelligent and she was on the honor roll in high school. She got straight A's and, you know, graduated top of her class and then she got to university and she was now getting low 90s, high 80s and it sent her into a tailspin. She panicked. She didn't think she was going to be able to do it. She thought she was failing. And we had to kind of explain to her, um, honey, no, <laughs> you're not failing. You are still in the top of your class. 
you are just in a whole different class now. It, things are different. It's not high school anymore. It's university. Things are going to be a little tougher. You need to try a little harder. And um, she got over it. She got over it. But that first year was really hard for her. Um, she would come home. My poor dad. I tell you, my dad was a dedicated dad. He really was. My sister would call. She was homesick. She needed to come home. So my dad would get off work Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock. And my mom would have sandwiches made for him. And he would get in the car. And he would drive to whatever university she happened to be at. Because she, like I said, went to a few. And he would pick her up. I think the longest trip he had to make was four hours one way. He would go and pick her up. And he would bring her home for the weekend. And on Friday, or on Sunday, he would make that eight-hour drive. Because it's four hours one way and four hours the other way. And he would bring her home, or bring her back to school. And then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday would roll around, and she, Mom would get another phone call. I'm, I'm homesick. I need to come home. So, off Dad would go, go and get her, bring her home for the weekend. But, she got over it. And, uh... Yeah, so she graduated top of her class with numerous masters and bachelors and whole whack of other stuff. And I'm very proud of my sister. But because of her successes, because of all of that, that puts her in a higher class in my uncle's opinion. Fine. Whatever. Okay. But when he is there, when he is around, we kind of fall back into those roles that we have played our entire lives. I'm the loser. My brother is the sport, the sports one, you know, the angler, the, the outdoorsy. My sister is the golden child. And... It really bothered me because I'm not that person anymore. I have a lot going for me in my life. I've had a lot of successes in my life. Maybe not successes in his realm of what he would deem successful. Because in his realm of what he would deem successful... It's got to be accompanied by dollar signs. That is what he deems success. Money. And my success has come with having a dream, pursuing that dream, creating that dream, and seeing that dream through to fulfillment. I.e., my first book. And then following that dream to create more books and expanding on that dream to become an editor and 
having surprise things added to said dream, like podcasting, um, that is successful to me, not to him. But as I have been learning lately, and as my lovely spiritual heart sister, Crystal, keeps telling me, that is a him problem. That is not a me problem. And if he wants to look down on my successes, that's fine. He can do that. Because when I get to where I want to be, finally, and I reach that ultimate goal, that ultimate dream, and I'm there, and I'm sitting in it, and I'm living it, and I'm enjoying it, I'm going to look over at him. And I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be angry. I'm going to be thankful. Because his disdain and his disgust. Yeah, that's a good word. His disgust has propelled me to, because I'm a rebel, (laughs) Anybody who knows me, I'm a rebel. But it has propelled me to live the life I want to live my way, on my terms, with my choices and my decisions. Not his, not anybody else's. Mine. And there will come a day, one day, I will reach that spot. I know I will. I know I will. I have no doubts whatsoever. Um, Because I know me. I'm determined. And when I get there, sure, you know, I'll invite him to the red carpet. (laughs) Yes, I said red carpet. Because that is one of my dreams. One of my goals is to see something that I have written on the big screen. Now, I want it to be something that I have created that has my name on it and is solely mine. I own it and not something that a ghost written. But you know what? I am willing to take the ghost written chance too. I'm good with that too. I'll be all right. And I finally, somewhere between the 401 and the 427 on my drive home last night, I finally um, let go of how much his opinion could affect me. I let it go. Put it away. And by the time I got home, I was over it. I said, okay, whatever. You know, your opinion no longer matters in my world. Your disdain no longer matters 
in my world. And I can't say that I came to this conclusion by myself. I did have um, a relatively distracted conversation, but a conversation nonetheless um, with my best friend. And it helped a lot um, just talking through it and recognizing the way I was feeling was not because that's how I believed myself to be perceived. It was not how I looked at myself because it wasn't how I looked at myself. It was how somebody else looked at me and that was being projected onto how I viewed myself. And that's a really, really hard lesson. That's a really important lesson to learn and an important thing to recognize. Sometimes the way you're looking at yourself, if you're viewing yourself as a loser, if you're viewing yourself as somebody who does not have a whole lot to offer the world, you don't have a lot of skill, you don't have a lot of talent, you need to stop and you need to take a step back and you need to look at some of the people around you. Because I had started feeling this way the night before, the Friday night. And I had said this to a friend of mine. Um, and he, and I say loudly because it was in all caps, disagreed with me. Um, vehemently. And I woke up still feeling that way. And I had to put on my mask, my makeup. And, um, I got dressed, put on my armor and away I went. Um, and I'm, you know, trying to find ways to make the way I was living my life and how things were going in my life sound as successful as possible so that I could impress this man. And I wouldn't sound like the loser he attributed me to be. But the dialogue that was going in my head was that I needed to do all of these things so that I wouldn't sound like the loser I was. And through talking through all of the emotions and all of the, um, like throughout the day, the roles were so big and so blatantly obvious, um, that it, it, I really was thinking and, um, yeah, like I said, by the time I got back home, um, I had let go of a lot of that and realized I'm not. His opinion doesn't matter. If you don't think that what I'm planning on attempting is going to be successful, that's fine. You sit over there and you think that and you support that, and you put your energy into that, and I will sit over here, 
and I will make all of that happen. I will make all of those things happen, and I will live a happy, fulfilled life. You can be bitter and miserable. And that's the thing. That's what stuck out to me the most was the fact that I think the only reason why he was the way he was about certain things and held certain opinions is because he himself was miserable with his own life. Um, he and my aunt aren't really happy. Not really. They take separate vacations. They have some mutual friends, but for the most part, they um, have their own friends. They have their own lives. They do their own thing. And I honestly believe the only reason why they're together still is because neither one of them wants to split the money that they have between the two of them. Because if they split up, then there's going to be half of the amount of money around. And I don't think either one of them wants to live with less than what they've already got. So they stay together. But you can see, like, they're snappy with each other. They're not happy. And for me, I no longer wanted to settle for that. And I think, I know my aunt is jealous. She's flat out told me that. That she is living vicariously through me. Um, but I think my uncle is bitter because it, it kind of drives home to him that, you know your wife could up and leave at any point in time. If the loser niece can get enough courage to decide to live her life in a manner that she wants to, that is going to serve her and make her happy and fulfilled, then what's to say your wife, who is a lot older, may not do that? And I think that scares him. And it should scare him. Because apparently, nothing does. Nothing does. And we had this conversation, too, assuming the roles. Like, my brother, God bless him. Really, God bless him. I love my brother. But my brother can be a tad wishy-washy at times. And my uncle is a very large man. He is very obese. Has been my entire life. Um, I never really cared, never really did anything about it. Became very sedentary, um, when my dad died. My dad kind of keep, kept him, kept him, good grief. My dad kind of kept him moving and motivated and, um, active in the summer, at least. So, he, when my dad died, my Uncle Jeff just got bigger. And my brother is one of the first ones to comment on the size and, you know, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing it. And to show you the example of assuming those roles, they left, my aunt and uncle left to go back to um, their place up north. 
and because they had a long drive. And of course, you know, my aunt has to do all the driving because it's hard for my uncle to fit behind the steering wheel. But anyway, um, so we were discussing, like, he just recently had um, an embolism in his heart, I believe, his lungs, might have been his lungs, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere dangerous and he could have died. And the doctor told him, you need to take better care of yourself, you need to lose weight, you need to exercise, and... That doesn't mean riding in the golf cart, getting out, hitting a little ball and getting back in the golf cart. And for the first two days, he was all, yes, I'm going to do this. We're going to get healthy. I'm going to. And then he put on six pounds. Because that is as far as he got. So. We I made a comment about that and, you know, that we had laughed about let's see how long this is going to last and my brother went into this big long and I mean they weren't even there anymore so I'm not even exactly sure where this came from but he went into this big long you know who are we to judge it's his life if he wants to blah 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 Wait a minute. Rewind that and come at me with that again. Okay, so now you're wishy-washing on your opinion of... Okay, fine. That's where we are. Okay. So, I left it and I left. Now, there was an incident that did cause me to leave um, upset I didn't make a scene because there's no point in making a scene. Um, it just would have been no point. I have an issue with water. Now, I love water. I need to live near water. I swim like a fish. I love water. But I had a sadistic cousin as a child. And he used to like to hold me under the water. So if something, if I am underneath the water unexpectedly, um, I panic. And I had an incident um, earlier in the summer with my, my other nephew. I got trapped underneath a floating chair and I panicked and inhaled a lot of water and there was some sputtering and some coughing and it was, wasn't pretty. Um, I almost drowned. So my nephews know, don't mess around with me in the water. Don't. Just, just don't. We can horse around, we can play, I'm good. If I'm all about that, d just don't dunk me under, don't jump on me. If I say get off, stop, get off, basically stop, drop, and roll. So my oldest nephew was trying to get me to cannonball off the side of the pool. And I'm like, I walked to the edge of the pool and my middle nephew thought it would be hilarious to come up behind me and push me in. Which caught me off guard. So I inhaled a ton of water. I got out. 
he knew not cool. I'm not playing that game. You knew what you did wrong. He tried talking his way. I didn't know. I didn't know. Blah, blah, blah. Which is his M.O. It's what he does. That's how he denies and doesn't accept responsibility. I wasn't playing that game. Because I am the crazy aunt. But I will hold you responsible. You need to own your your, your shit. I'm not going to let you get away with crap. So I went out and I'm trying to clear the water out of my nose and you know it's chlorine so my nose is burning and I'm grumpy and I look over and I like I look at my mom and I said you know bug knows better he knows I'm not playing that game I don't do that don't do that to me in the water I can't deal with it I can't handle it and my brother and my sister-in-law bust out laughing. So as if that didn't hurt enough, they bust out laughing and they're like, well, you know, it was kind of funny. Think about it. No, no, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny to me. It wasn't funny at the time. It's not funny now, a day later. I'm still not finding the humor in it because I had an issue. I panicked. I can't do it. Don't mess around like that. I don't find it funny. So instead of causing a scene and um, all of that, I left. I packed up my stuff, got in my car, and I came home. I was all right. I came home. I'm all right today. I'm good. But it just really bothered me that... You know, again, assuming those roles. I'm the joke. I'm the one to be laughed at. Ha, 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 funny, funny. Doesn't matter that I was terrified out of my wits. Get over it. It was a joke. Ha, ha, funny, funny. And I am not accepting those conditions anymore. I'm not accepting those rules anymore. No, you play by my rules. If you're going to play my game in my world, you're going to play by my rules. If you don't like my rules, don't play in my world. Don't play in my game. It's as simple as that. As simple as that. Because not my problem. Not my issues, not my problem. And I'm learning to say that a whole lot more. And it's upsetting some people, but it's my life. And I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. I am going to design my life the way I want to design my life. Um, I am going to spend time with people that I want to spend time with. Not people I'm expected to spend time with or that I am told to spend time with. But people that I want to share my energy with and spend my time with. Um, my grandchildren. My children. For the most part. I am not going to 
handhold you through your own trauma and your own issues because they're not my issues. They're your issues and I can't do it for you. I've got my own stuff that I have to deal with. I've got my own baggage, my own issues. I got lupus stuff. And I don't expect anybody else to take on lupus stuff and do lupus stuff for me because it's my stuff and I will deal with it and I will do it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at today. Um, started out funny and kind of, we kind of got a little serious on things today, but I think it was a conversation that needed to be had. We needed, there were things that I needed to get out and I needed to say and affirmations that I needed to say out loud because when you say them out loud, you put them out there in the universe and the universe will hold you accountable. Whatever deity you believe in, whatever um, higher power you pray to, when you put stuff out there in the universe like that, like I am not going to deal with this anymore. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this person. I am going to behave in this manner. The universe will hold you accountable. If you deviate from what you have promised you are going to do, you will be held accountable. There will be consequences. And you sit back and you oh, no, 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 blah, 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 whatever. Sit back and think about that. Sit back and think about that for a minute. And I think you'll find that those coincidences aren't necessarily coincidences, but learning experiences and consequences for things that you didn't necessarily follow through on or changed your mind or became a hypocrite about. I have problems with hypocrites. I really do. I try and, and live my truth every day. Um, I may not share all of my personal business, but if you come at me and you ask me a direct question, I'm going to answer you flat out. I'm going to answer you. Yes or no. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to live my truth because that's the only way I can be. And be happy. So, y'all can take that, stick that in your pipe and smuck it. <laughs> Don't ask me where that came from. That just popped into my head and I just had to say it. So, I am going to end this um, TED Talk by Lupa <laughs> here. <laughs> and um, I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. I hope you find your joy somewhere. Look for it. It's everywhere. It's anywhere. It could be in anything. It could be in that first sip of coffee. It could be in rolling over and feeling all the aches and pains, but reminding yourself you're still alive. Even though you hurt like hell, you're still alive. It could be in that Sunday morning hangover because you had a little too much whiskey and beer with your buddies take that hangover and think about that and go, you know, I got buddies. I got friends that'll sit with me. Find your joy, that sunshine, that cloud, that perfect leaf on the tree that hasn't quite lost its summer green yet. The bird that gives you a look and acknowledges, hey, human, how are you? And you look back, 
Hey, bird, how are you? Interspecies recognition. Find your joy. Anywhere you want to. Because I'm going to go find mine. And I'm going to live my truth. And I'm going to create my joy and create my own destiny. And have a lovely, lovely day. So I will chat with you all next week. Love you all. See ya. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to do the. I got to do the stuff. Wait, there's the stuff. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. I am also now on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at Lupa's Bits, the podcast, or search at Bits Lupa. I don't know. Twitter's weird. You can check me out over on TikTok at Lady Lou Who. Um, I'm on Instagram at Stephanie Barty Author. And I'm pretty sure soon we are going to have a Lupa's Bits Instagram just because. Um, so, yeah, you can go come find me. And if you really want to get to know me, I suppose I could do a shameless plug for the magazine that I write for. And you can go and see some of my work on www.theworldofmyth.com. You can read all the stories that I have the absolute privilege of editing. And you can find us all over Facebook. So have a good weekend and I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry.